the city of Jackson in the state of Mississippi. This is Coach Prime. Boy, that feels good to say that. I am so excited to be in Jackson, the capital of the great state of Mississippi and home to the I love Jackson State University. Tickets for our spring 2021 season are available, baby, and I encourage you to step up and support our football program and purchase your season tickets. This is a prime way to support our football program and most importantly, Jackson State University, the finest HBCU in the country. I need Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium packed, and I believe in you. It's prime time in Jackson State, baby. You better get ready because I believe JSU. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 72 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting the show with me today is Charles Bishop. How's it going, Chuck? Hey, how you doing, Corey? Great to be back on another episode with you, buddy. Absolutely. And we're still riding this high from the Deion Sanders announcement. And, you know, Tiger Talk has been getting a lot of interview requests since that announcement, from local media to regional shows to Sports Illustrated and beyond. And I know you've been interviewed quite a few times yourself, so... Would you say that the Coach Prime buzz has been keeping you pretty busy? No doubt about it, Corey. I mean, it has definitely kept me uh, uh, quite busy. I mean, uh, this has been a, a story that has really taken hold in the HBCU stratosphere. Uh, and not just the HBCU stratosphere. It's really been a great sports story uh, for uh, all of the state of Mississippi and, and the sports world in general. But I tell you what, uh, it, it, <laughs> it has definitely kept me on the go. <laughs> Indeed, man. And speaking of that buzz, Today, we have a very special guest who has firsthand experience covering it. He is the sports director for WJTV in Jackson, none other than Noah Newman. Welcome to Tiger Talk. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. This is a blast. You know, it's it's been a, I'll tell you what, I haven't been around that long, but I've covered some pretty big stories like Lovey Smith getting hired at Illinois, wow. Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. Mike Leach. I think this tops them all. Deion Sanders, this was unbelievable. Oh, wow. Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. And we definitely want to get into that, but first, can you give us the quick version of the Noah Newman story? Just, you know, where you're from, where'd you go to school, and how'd you end up in the capital city? Yeah, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I went to school at the University of Dayton in Dayton, Ohio. I have a great basketball program, mm-hmm. all in honor of John Gruden and uh, Dan Patrick, right. great sports broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And then I actually moved to Taylorville, Illinois, and uh, worked at a small radio station. You know, it's kind of how you have to get your start. Mm-hmm. I was I remember running running the board Sunday mornings at 5 a.m. after being out way too late on little sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, eventually got into TV in Decatur, Illinois, covering Big Ten Sports, Illinois. And the guy who hired me in Decatur actually works in Jackson now as our news oh, wow. director. And hmm. we remain close. And a spot opened up. He said, would you like to interview for the position? I said, absolutely. You know, this is a great sports market, SWAC, SEC, uh, great high school sports. So I interviewed and it was just a great fit. So, and here I am 
been a pretty crazy ride. That's awesome. So that leads me into this, Noah. I mean, what has your experience been in Mississippi uh, thus far? I mean, you're you're Dayton Flyer. You've been covering Big Ten sports, and and you get uh, down here in this this SEC swag market. What has been like your biggest surprises or biggest adjustments? Wow, I've been blown away just by how passionate fa- fans are for all the sports. I mean, there there was nothing like covering. Uh, the SWAC championship game last year or, you know, the Capital City Classic slash Soul Bowl, which I don't what, – what do you guys call it? The Capital City Classic or the Soul Bowl? <laughs> it depends on the generation. That's <laughs> true. Uh-huh. I heard both, but that was just an unbelievable experience. We did a show uh, on the field with Samaria Terry, yes. who's in Memphis now. We really that. miss her. She's awesome. And uh, Andrew Harrison. And, and that was just an unbelievable experience to see the tailgating and then just the game day atmosphere. Uh, so I'd say the passion fans have for the sports down here has really blown me away, not just for football, but for baseball. College mm, baseball yeah, yeah. really wasn't big at all where I'm from, you know, in Ohio or Illinois. Here you go to you go to college baseball games and people are tailgating for college <laughs> baseball. So it's it's been pretty incredible just to see the passion down no here. Doubt. All right, great stuff. Now, were you at all familiar with the swag before getting to Jackson and what have been some of your biggest takeaways now that you've gotten to experience the, the HBCU experience? I know you mentioned the tailgating and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, I, I did not have a ton of experience. I'll tell you, actually, my first the first time I kind of started learning about Jackson State. So I, I'm a big football junkie. I love football. Uh, as a kid growing up in Cleveland, Art Modell moved our team to Baltimore mm-hmm. in the mid to late 90s, mm-hmm. about 1995, 96. So, you know, I'm, I'm always a Browns fan at first, but I had to pick a team to kind of root for when the Browns left. So I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Now, I think you know where I'm going. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they got Jimmy Smith. So I, he, was, he became one of my favorite players. And, I you know, I like to research all the players where they went to school. And Jackson State, there's my first connection to that. Then I start looking up Jackson State. Uh, uh, Walter Payton, it's like, wow, this, this program has a rich tradition. And then, of course, Steve McNair, that's how, he first, that's how I first became familiar with Alcorn State. And so that's kind of, that was kind of my introduction to the SWAC schools. And then getting down here and learning about the rich history and just the game day, game day traditions and everything, it's, it's been pretty amazing to see. No doubt about it. Now, no, I mean, less than a year after you got to Jackson, the, the pandemic hit. Um, how did that affect uh, your daily routine with WJTV? It had to kind of uh, change on the fly, if you will, huh? Yeah, it was. It, there's never been a year like this. It was. It was pretty crazy. There was a. There was a point there where I remember thinking, "Geez, are we going to have jobs? Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. What right. is there to cover?" And that, in a way, you know, you, you try to look for a positive out of every situation. And I think the positive uh, that presented us as sports broadcasters is you have to get a little creative. You know, you can't just go to a game and cover a game. You have to start digging up stories. And so we did a lot more feature stories and uh, Zoom. I never knew what Zoom was yeah. until the pandemic. <laughs> So that's kind of made it easier. You could, you could, inter- I interviewed uh, Darius Rice up in, uh, you know, he was up at Valley when right. he got the assistant job there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could just log onto my laptop and boom, he pops up. I interview him. So it's kind of forced you to think outside the box a little more yeah. and get a little creative, which, which for me was really good because, you know, I'll admit at times I can kind of get, I'm a creature of habit. So mm-hmm. I get into that r- routine of, okay, I'm going to this game, I'm covering this city, I'm covering that. This kind of forced you to get outside of the yeah. box, which has been a really good thing, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, good stuff. And so we talked about the, the pandemic hitting about a year into your tenure, but a year and a half into your tenure as sports director at WJTV, you're hit with the news that one of the biggest names in the history of sports mm-hmm. will be the head football coach 
at a university that's about five miles from your television station. So how cool is that? But walk us through that experience for you personally from the speculation phase to the actual announcement and how long did it take for that to really, I guess, sink in? Well, I, I tell you, I, I still don't know if it's sinking in. Yet. You know, sometimes <laughs> you wake up and you think, wait, did that just happen? Did we do it Sanders too. We do it too. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> did, did Deion Sanders roll into the, the gym in a Cadillac <laughs> and then you wake up and he's on college game day and good morning America <laughs> right. and, and Paul Feinbaum and every single show out there. Right. Uh, it was pretty crazy because the speculation happened pretty quickly after the John Hendrick news uh, came about, which, you know, I, I love John Hendrick. Great guy. You know, miss mm-hmm. working with him. But as soon as that news broke and you saw the report, Deion Sanders, a candidate, you think, wait a second. And then you start reaching out to people and some people are like, no, this probably isn't going to happen. And then but, I, you know, when you're in this business, you learn that where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm. So as soon as I saw that report come up, I thought, well. There's got to be something to this. Mm-hmm. And then let's just sit back. Let's see what happens. It seemed like it was kind of a roller coaster ride to yeah. kind of mm-hmm. seal the deal and actually bring Deion Sanders here. Um, but it happened. And, and that day when, you know, when you see him take the stage, it was kind of a surreal moment when he's addressing the crowd at Jackson State. And uh, I'll tell you this, too. Our entire A block in the newscast that day, which is like our entire first segment, it's about a 10-minute segment, all Deion Sanders covered. Every single reporter in that building was doing a Deion Sanders story. I, I've never seen anything like it. Well, you know, that, that leads me into this this question right here, Noah, uh, because I was uh, curious, you know, in terms of the behind the scenes, uh, in terms of with the newsroom meetings, when, when and you kind of said when, when there was, uh, of course, where there's smoke, there's fire. What was the buzz like at the station? And, and, and what was it like, you know, in terms of planning, how you were going to go about covering a story of this magnitude yeah it's it's kind of overwhelming at first because when you when you kind of get the when you kind of knew that this was going to happen which on sunday you kind of knew okay this this is probably going down this is gonna become official tonight and probably all gonna happen tomorrow it's kind of overwhelming because such a big story i don't know if there's really been a story bigger than this that you guys would know better than i would um surrounding Jackson State in, any, in recent history. So you really want to do the story justice and you want to cover it from all different angles because, you know, you want to, you want, it's a big responsibility. People are going to be looking for the content. They want to know the story behind it. So it was overwhelming, but you kind of just get together with people at the station and plan out how you could hit different angles. And I, my whole job, I looked at that day is my job was to just capture the feeling of the day and, and the emotions and what it meant to people to have Deion Sanders there and what it meant to Deion Sanders to be there. I know he had a, a longtime friend who used to play with him uh, with the Atlanta Falcons way back in the day yeah, who kind of su- surprised him. And walked, you remember the guy he hugged Uber. at the end of his speech? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, that was one of the most – that was one of the biggest moments. And you have to capture moments like that for the viewers because TV, you know, it's a visual thing. So you got you to gotta capture the best visual moments. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty incredible to be a part of and – I'll tell you what, I, I slept pretty well the, the day after that because mm. didn't get a lot of sleep the day before. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that was a great story uh, with Houston Hoover. We actually had him on the show after that, and he, he gave us some great Deion Sanders stories. So uh, that was off, off, awesome. But uh, I want to go back to something you said, just talking about how the Deion Sanders story took up the entire A block. You know, ever so often a sports story comes along that kind of transcends beyond sports. And this seems to be one of those stories. And I've seen 
several newscasts lead off their shows with this Deion Sanders news. So talk about that collaboration between your sports department and the news department on this coverage. How, how do you guys go about deciding who covers what and how you're going to tackle it? Yeah, it's kind of just a, a collaborative effort. It's, it's you know, everyone coming together to cover a story. For instance, By- Byron Brown, our, new, our main uh, news anchor, he did a story on uh, Deion Sanders the other day where he interviewed uh, President Hudson and kind of broke down that whole different angle. Um, it's it's just there's so many different angles and layers to the story that if one person could just focus on one angle, whether it's a financial impact or ticket sales or how they sold out all the hats in the bookstore that, you know, the hat that Deanne Sanders is wearing. Um, so, if, you know, you really get a, a more a richer story when one person can just focus on one thing instead of having to go generalize. So you kind of just come together and everyone decides, you know, what angle they're going to take. And that's how it kind of all comes together, you know, and one, one big newscast, like the day when he was introduced, it was pretty cool to see how everything unfolded. And, well, you know, you had four or five different reporters, each picking a certain angle to work on. And it was awesome to be a part no of doubt. Great stuff. And you mentioned being at that big announcement back on September 21st, what was it like to cover it? And, you know, just the, the experience from the pageantry of the grand interest that you mentioned and the atmosphere to the national attention that it attracted and, and everything that came with it. It, it was awesome to be a part of. Like I said, I mean, I've covered some big coaching hires. The, the Lane Kiffin one really stood out at Ole Miss. And when Illinois hover, uh, hired Lovey Smith, former Chicago Bears coach, that was huge. But this this topped them all. I mean, Deion Sanders, to give you an example, my grandma Miller in Nashville, Tennessee, I don't think she's watched a quarter of football in the past ten, in past decade. Uh-huh. She could tell you who De- Deion Sanders is. <laughs> wow. So, it like you said, it transcends just the sports world. And then, you know, the following weekend to turn on ESPN and see him on first take and see the Jackson State logo all over college game day. I had a, a friend in, in Ohio text me saying that he was watching college game day. He's like, hey, I just saw you uh, on the video of the Deion Sanders announcement. I saw you with a camera filming it. So it's just pretty incredible to see how many people the event reached and to know that you were actually there for it, that you were lucky enough to be there for it, to be, you know, the select few people that were able to be there is, is pretty incredible. Uh, you know, Noah, and, and you touched on it in terms of, uh, of transcending the sports world. Uh, and, and one of the things, you know, I've talked to a lot of Jackson state alums about where they were just so impressed by uh, coach prime sort of uh, foundational outlook uh, for Jackson State uh, football, but w- what were some of the things that stood out for you in terms of Coach Prime's vision for not just Jackson State uh, uh, the football, but Jackson State University and, and the city of Jackson as a whole? Yeah, that was actually one of the things that really stood out. Well, first, when you when you walked into the introduction, you start seeing all the other coaches there, um, you know, Coach Reed, Coach Montgomery with softball, mm-hmm. Coach Brent, basketball, they're all there. And then you hear during Dion's speech that he wants this to impact all the programs at Jackson state. He wants football to boost up all the programs. And that was, that was big. And you could tell the other coaches love to hear that. Um, anything that he could do to help them, you know, it, yeah, it's his football football's getting the spotlight, but I think all the programs are really going to benefit from that in terms of the money that comes in the new facility, the national attention spotlight that gets put on. Um, I think it could be a good selling point on the recruiting trail. You know, they could they could bring up Deion Sanders. Who knows? Maybe they could get Deion to go with to go with them on a recruiting interview or something. Um, right. That that was really cool to see how, you know, he wants to include all the other programs and not just make this about football. Oh yeah, no doubt. 
right? And, you know, we talked about that speculation phase, and there, there have been so many rumors out there surrounding his hire, from who will be on the coaching staff to what apparel company JSU will be with. And I know we're in an age where everyone wants to be the first to break a story, but how do you, I guess, sift through the hearsay to decide what to report and what not to report? And how do you balance wanting to get it first versus wanting to get it right, specifically as it pertains to the Deion Sanders story? Yeah, you know, social media has changed everything when it comes to reporting. Everyone wants to be first, and it's dangerous sometimes. You want to be first. My my whole thing is do not put something out there unless you are 100, 100, 100, 100% sure and you've had it confirmed by not one, not two, not three, but more than three sources. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to be pretty sure when you put things out there. I, I know sometimes you get a tip and a report, and you're pretty sure it's true, and you really want to put it out there, but sometimes you just have to show a little bit of restraint. Uh, mm-hmm. It's tough, though, and this is it, – it's fascinating. I'm really interested to see who he's going to bring in on his coaching staff. You know, you hear all the rumors of certain – some big names that could be out there. Uh you just kind of have to it, – it's better to be right than to be first, as, cl- as cliche yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my philosophy. Just just make sure you're you're right. and Because at the end of the day, you know, 10 years from now, is someone going to remember who tweeted what first? Yeah, right. Right. Pro- right. probably not. So it's – yeah. Uh, as far as the coaching staff goes, I guess we're kind of in wait-and-see mode now. I'm told it will probably be by the end of October we'll know officially who's going to be on his coaching staff. But – I, what are you guys hearing? I'm I'm really excited to see who's going to be on that staff. You know what? I'm hearing probably the same stuff that you exactly. So when I get it, I start googling and researching, yeah, and, and texting people. So it's kind of like that hamster wheel. You know, I'll get excited and then we'll find out. Well, that's not true, and so we're just kind of going going through the the motions there. Exactly. Yeah, a- eighty four years he said of NFL experience. So do the math. There's got there's going to be some big time uh, talent on this coaching staff. Well, you know, I'm a researcher at heart, so I'm I'm, I'm researching well where, where where these guys are coming from. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. No doubt. Uh, you know, comparatively speaking, Noah, uh, is there a, a way to adequately cover three large media personalities? Uh, we have uh, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, and now Coach Prime. So uh, do you feel the pressure uh, at WJTV to do justice to all fan bases? Oh, yeah. There, there's definitely a pressure out there. And that's the most challenging thing about this market. My last market was you had Illinois, the Fighting Illini, and you had Eastern Illinois. Those were the two big colleges. You could just focus on those. Here you have Jackson State. You have Alcorn State. You have Ole Miss. You have Mississippi State. Let's not forget about Southern Miss and technically Mississippi Valley State also in our coverage area. And then you have all the other small schools too, the uh, Bell Havens, the Mississippi Colleges, the Millsaps of the world. So it's a big challenge. Sometimes um, you realize that, wait a second, maybe I haven't been talking about this school enough. And so you yeah, just kind of have yeah. to be on, on, on top of it and try to give everyone their equal share of coverage. It is a big challenge. And, and you know, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, Deion Sanders, the, the personalities, I don't think there's another state in the country right now that has this collection of personalities <laughs> at their major universities. Right. Coach McNair's big time at Alcorn State, too. So you exactly. have – and what's what's next? What, is Southern Miss going to hire Brett Favre? Who knows? <laughs> they have to. <laughs> they got to go for it. Right. The, I think the pressure's on right. there. The way 2020 is going, you know, AD Jeremy McLean there is probably feeling the need to step up and hit a home run. So it – Right. It's just been sometimes you you got to pinch yourself and you, you know you, you go from um, Joe Moorhead, Matt Luke, John Hendrick, Jay Hobson, 
to some of the biggest names in college football. It's, <laughs> right. been, a, it's been a crazy year. Crazy. Crazy. I, I'll say it. <laughs> definitely. That is a complete 180, if you will. <laughs> so that yeah. leads, leads me to this question, though, in terms of just kind of looking at your crystal ball, and we kind of fast forward to uh, spring and fall of the 2021 football season. What do you anticipate the media coverage will be like for Jackson State, especially when you kind of consider the national attention that Jackson State is already getting? Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what kind of access uh, local media will have. Um, from what we heard from Deion Sanders on the first day when he talked to us, he wants to open up that first practice. You know, he wants all <laughs> he wants all the cameras there. He said, hey, yeah, come check us out. We want you to see what we're all about. And I think that's smart on his part, you know, um, to, to let local media in there kind of – that that'll allow us to kind of show recruits and maybe people who want to play at Jackson State what they're all about. So I think we're going to have really good access. And the fact that they're playing in the spring, they are going to have the SWAC is going to be take center stage. I'm ex- yeah, I'm expecting yeah. these games to be on ESPN, big networks. It is going to be fascinating to watch this spring. Absolutely, and you know along those lines, we, we had Tamara Terry on the show a few months back, and she really expressed her passion for covering the HBCUs around the state. And she mentioned the huge numbers that her HBCU stories always got. Of course, she's no longer with JTV, as you mentioned, and I'm sure she left a void for you guys. But she also left a huge void for us, the JSU fan base. Now, I know you guys will be all over the Coach Prime coverage, but what would you say to those fans who may feel that the coverage of those other sports may suffer without Samaria being there? I would say that Samaria did a, a job that was second to none. What, what she did with uh, HBCU coverage in this market is, boy, she, she leaves, like you said, leaves a big void. But I, I feel the responsibility and the pressure to pick up, you pick up right where she left off because, you know, he, she made a big impact and you kind of want to keep that going. And we will be continuing to covering all the different sports. For instance, uh, head coach Tamika Reed set to join us in studio this Sunday at 10 o'clock head coach of the women's oh, basketball awesome, team. Awesome. So that, that you know, that's our job is to cover these sports. You could turn on ESPN and SEC Network and see Ole Miss coverage and Mississippi State coverage. People go to us to see Jackson State, Alcorn State, to hear the stories right. of the athletes that play other sports and, and the smaller schools. And that's really our bread and butter. So without without that coverage, you know, what, what are we here for? That's kind of my whole philosophy. Sure, so that's man. our job to keep that going. But Samari is awesome. And, She's definitely going to be missed. Everyone misses her here. All right. That is awesome to hear because, man, you know, uh, us JSU fans, we love our Jackson State, so they're going to be excited to hear that that coverage is going to continue. But let me ask you this, Noah. How long after you got to Jackson did it take you to realize the passion and the the fervor of this Jackson State fan base? I'd say not too long. Actually, my first – I think my first assignment – was to cover the Jackson State spring game, which wasn't really a spring game because it got rained out, I believe, the, the weekend before. So they kind of had an, a spring event where they kind of had an open scrimmage at the stadium at the vet. And just talking to people that were there, some people on the staff and some even, even students who were out there filming, I'd say right there is where I really started to learn about it. And then even when I when I you know go to the grocery store or go get my – uh, get my car, get an oil change. There are people that worked at the car place that were Jackson State alum, and you start talking to them about it. And then once you just get out in the community, you learn the passion that fans have for it. It's It didn't take too long, I guess I would say. Within the first few days, I learned, okay, wow, this is, this is, is going to be a big part of the job. 
Sure, sure thing. Yeah, no, let me, let me switch gears for a second. And, and, and this is kind of a philosophical question that I kind of wanted to uh, throw out there at you. You know, when we take a look at newspapers, uh, much like they've kind of fallen prey to social media and, and the 24-hour news cycle, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, where is the 6 and the 10 p.m. sportscast for the hearts and minds of John Q. Public nowadays, uh, seeing as how you have uh, ESPN, Fox, and, and, and all these national networks that can give you 24-hour access. Where does the 6 and 10 p.m. sportscast really uh, fall within that, that pantheon of, of sports coverage nowadays? It, it has changed so much, even from when I just started eight to nine years ago in this business. Internet is everything right now. I, I think most people get their news, get their sports coverage. Like you said, they'll go, they'll just go online. Boom, one click. They'll search. This is one, you know, what they're looking for. So, you know, I have a saying that if, if it's not on the internet, if it's not on social media, it never happens. So mm-hmm. as soon as I get done doing, you know, we don't really get that much time for our sports cast during the week. Maybe we'll get two minutes at six right. o'clock and two and a half minutes at 10 o'clock. And my whole thing is as soon as that's done, you got to get that online because that's where most people are probably getting it. I mean, most people are out and about doing things. Most people probably don't watch the news, you know, right when it airs on time. So Internet is everything. And uh, we're also lucky enough to have a a Sunday show where we get more time to kind of expand on things that we did during the week. So it's changed, though. Social media has definitely been a game changer. No doubt. No doubt. Let me ask uh, Noah in terms of uh, this is always sort of a question I'm always curious about uh, in terms of your uh, influence within the sports broadcasting uh, stratosphere. Is there anyone you pattern yourself after or uh, probably even a better question is, you know, where is the fine line between developing your own style and not trying to be maybe an ESPN or a Fox personality? Yes, that, that's a big challenge. I think a lot of broadcasters, young broadcasters deal with is they watch someone on ESPN uh, and they'll try to be just like that person. And that, you can't do that. You could use that person as maybe an inspiration and Mm -hmm. try to, in terms of, you know, watch their habits and whatnot. But someone told me a long time ago, like, Scott Van Pelt is going to be the best version of Scott Van Pelt. You can't ever be Scott Mm -hmm. Van Pelt. Dan Patrick's going to be the best version of Dan Patrick. No one one else could be Noah Newman or Samaria Terry. You have to be the best version of yourself. And you can't really... You just that, that's the most important thing because if, if you try to be like someone else, you're not going to be as good as they are at being themselves. Great so, mm-hmm. and you just have to be yourself. I learned that a long time ago. Some people are going to hate you, some people are going to love you. You're not going to always please everyone. You just have to be yourself, be passionate about what you're passionate about, and, and that's it. That's that's pretty much my philosophy on that matter. No doubt. Great points, absolutely. And I know, of course, you're from Cleveland. Yes. And my Lakers just won the NBA championship. Let me say this again. My Lakers <laughs> just won the NBA championship. Uh, and they're, they're league-leading 17th title, by the way. Just have to throw that in there. And uh, so Samaria, actually, I uh, predicted this when she was on the show back in June. She said she said they'd take it. But are, are you a LeBron fan, or, or were you one of those Clevelanders who, who uh, was out there burning his jersey when he, when he first left the game? No, so LeBron James is my favorite basketball player of all time. Uh, we, we could do an entire podcast on whether he's the greatest of all time. There's a lot of points like we brought up that he, <laughs> that he possibly is. Uh, no, I've always been a huge LeBron fan, and that hurt when he left. Uh, that, boy, that really hurt. But then when you take a step back, you realize why he left. Uh, Cleveland didn't. The, the, Cleveland was a poorly run franchise when he was there. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
They right. didn't get him. They, they got him Larry Hughes as his number two as a sidekick. <laughs> you got to do better. You got to do better than that. Uh, I got you. Mo Williams. No, no, Mo Williams. Finest. Yeah. That, how about that? Mo Williams going to Alabama State. That was right, a, right. That was right. a really cool story. I uh, love Mo Williams. And that's another thing. I did not know before I moved here that he is from Jackson. Yes. So yes, he is. Yeah. That's another yeah. thing about this job. When I when I first got here, you start learning about oh wow, all the big time talent that's from Jackson that I never Tomorrow knew. High school. Yes, indeed. Absolutely incredible. Uh, so no, LeBron James is my favorite basketball player of all time. He delivered a championship to the city of Cleveland, and I mean, look, he went to <laughs> right. what did he, he's ta- he's been the key part of three. He's been Finals MVP with three different teams. He is in his seventeenth season when he entered the league. Most people at WJTV were in kindergarten, True. and he's still the best player in the NBA in year 17. I, it's unbelievable. I just appreciate the greatness. That's all I can say. No doubt about <laughs> that. <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're a Clevelander. Uh, we we got to talk about the Browns, man. They, they've gotten off to a great start. Yes. Uh, they, the I've been burned so many times by the Browns, and I'm still kind of in <laughs> – it's hard not to get – it's it's hard not to think, oh boy, well something's gonna go wrong. You know, Odell's gonna get hurt or or something's gonna happen. But this is the best start they've had since nineteen ninety four when Bill Belichick and Nick Saban were on the coaching staff. Only in Cleveland could you have Belichick and Saban on a on a coaching wow. staff and exactly. not really do much with them. Well <laughs> Right. I didn't yeah, even think it, of that. It's pretty crazy. We had Kadero Hodge, uh, who's a who's a Cleveland Brown on, on the show. Uh, an episode ago, and uh, he talked about kind of the the, the transformation, if you will, uh, of the Cleveland Browns organization. But how, how you feeling? You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, you never know. It's Cleveland; <laughs> something could go wrong. But I, I think this team is legit. They just gotta. The defense has to improve a little bit. Sure thing. Absolutely. All right, we'll see where it goes. Well, Noah, listen, we we appreciate you for coming on. This has been a great show. Uh, before we let you go, tell us about the guys that you work with, your team in the sports department. Yeah, so we have Haley Hunter, who joined us recently. She's been doing a great job, sports reporter. She works really hard, always out there hustling, trying to find new stories. So you'll be seeing her on the sidelines uh, this spring and at basketball games this winter. Uh, she's doing a great job. And other than that, you know, Samaria left. We had Andrew, who worked with us on the Saturday football show. He went to Chattanooga. And uh, Jesse, our Hattiesburg guy, Jesse Finver. He also left. So right now we're kind of in, in transition mode. It's, it's basically me and Haley, you know, the two of us gotcha. trying to do as much work as possible. So, um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun, though, right now. All right, good stuff. Well, keep up the great work. Looking forward to all the, the upcoming coverage. And uh, definitely let our n- listeners know where they can follow you on social media. So you can media. follow me at Noah Newman. That's Noah, N-O-A-H, like Noah's Ark, Noah Newman. WJTV, Noah Newman, WJTV. I'm on Facebook. Um, we have a Friday night high school football show at 1015. We do a Sunday recap show where we talk about all the colleges and all the sports going on in Jack uh, in Mississippi at Sunday at 1020. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So uh, check us out. No doubt about it. Great stuff. Well, again, we thank you for coming on and look forward to having you. Yes, thank you. A lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Anytime you guys want to talk sports, I'm I'm one call away. Just give me a call. Sure thing. Absolutely. And that'll do it for episode 72 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, 
Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag I believe. Hashtag the I love.